The following is a Thunderbolt West Media production. So just how bad is it going to get? And what's really going on? You are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show with Jim Calhoun. The storm was coming, the sky was on fire, fear was in their eyes. It's my opinion that we should be prepared to lean on our faith and be able to step out on the sea. Thanks for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. This show features off-grid topics such as surviving in these troubled times, creating your own power, gardening, homesteading, and other issues related to off-grid living. I also seek to educate my listeners about survival and prepping, and I do my best to be a resource as you prepare to protect your family. In this show, I also talk about a wide variety of topics, everything from government corruption to chemtrails. I also feel that our constitutional republic is worth saving, so I never miss an opportunity to do my part in helping to save our republic. I have two main goals for this show. Number one, to help you build your faith in God. And number two, to help each listener become as self-sufficient as possible. This show originates at the Harmony Barn Studio, located near Hershey, Nebraska, in the United States of America. The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show airs on global shortwave stations, WBCQ, Monticello, Maine, on 7490, WTWW, Lebanon, Tennessee, on 5085, and on WRMI, Radio Miami International, Okeechobee, Florida, on 5850. And this show airs on 89.3 FM, Key Radio, in Osage Beach, Missouri. This show is also available on demand as a podcast on Podpoint, Red Circle, Spreaker, Podbean, and Podomatic. My email address is jim at offgridliving.faith, and I invite you to visit my website, which is offgridliving.faith. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I appreciate it. Today I'm going to be referencing a letter that I got from Mark, and he stated in his letter that he didn't think that things were going to get as bad as what I think they might get. And to that I have to say I hope that Mark is right. I hope things don't get as bad as I think they might. But we have to really look at things as the way they are. And the way they are is just total chaos. If you read the news at all or pay attention to what's going on worldwide, it's just almost surreal how everything is just coming apart at the seams. And in this show, I want to tell you my opinion of 
how bad I think it's going to get and what we need to do about it to prepare. And I'm going to give you the issue that I see happening. And then I'm going to give you my advice as how to prepare. Then I'll go on to the next issue. So I'm going to take everything individually. Well, it seems that the United States is trying to, in my opinion, rule the world. We're sending diplomats and leaders of different cabinets, and we have all these influential politicians and all these people going all over the world, either threatening sanctions or making alliances or making sure that other countries dance to our tune or else. And we're using our military all over the world in a way that actually makes me sick because the United States should not be leading at the point of a gun. And the United States is supporting, openly supporting, dictators. And if you don't think Zelensky in Ukraine is a dictator, well, think again. He's a ruthless dictator that's making sure that thousands of innocent Ukrainians are getting killed. I heard a report that they're sending women to the front line to fight the Russians, and some of the women are pregnant. What kind of a leader sends pregnant women to the front line to fight? Just answer that question. Not a good one, that's for sure. And so we're entering alliances with evil people, and we're threatening sanctions, and we're being punitive, and we're exporting war and war materials, and we're building bases all over the world. And all of these bases are strategically located for us to strong-arm people. In other words, we're bullies. The United States government is just nothing but a pack of rogue bullies right now. That's the way I see it. And how is that going to affect us? Well, when a bully gets punched in the nose, everybody's happy. And if the bully gets up and wants to fight, and other people think, well, you know, it's time we all stood up to the bully. And then pretty soon you have two or three people punching the bully. And then maybe you have a whole group of people that are just kicking the bully when he's down and treating the bully horrible because the bully had been so bad to each and every one of the people in the crowd. They all had to, quote-unquote, get even. And I really do see that happening with the United States. I see once we start to stagger, once someone hits us in the nose, maybe knocks us down, I think it's going to embolden an awful lot of countries that harbor a lot of ill will towards the United States. I think Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, there's an awful lot of countries that I can name that would fit that category. And when you look at the Asian countries, the ones that are under the influence of the United States, which would be Japan and the Philippines and several other countries, South Korea, they're going to be just out on a limb all alone because the United States is not going to be able to back them. If China or North Korea attacks, we have all of our resources in Europe or in the European region. And with massive numbers of our warships in the Mediterranean, well, they're a long ways from Taiwan. How I see this affecting us is 
All of the goods we get from China, I think, are going to disappear. All the computer chips and other things we get from Taiwan are going to disappear. And once these supply lines are broken, and you might say, well, how are they going to get broken? Well, if we go to war with China, which I'm certain that the warmongers in Washington want that, I think they're dangling Taiwan out there like a carrot. I really do. Well, what are we going to do for even our nuts and bolts that we buy? I don't know how many different manufacturers are still here in the United States, but rest assured, not enough. And sure, we can build some factories, but where's the money going to come from? We owe an awful lot of money, and we're trillions in debt. And who do we owe the money to? Oh, yes, China. China has us by the short hairs, folks. And they got a good grip. And so, if this does happen, think of all of the things we get from China. The consumer electronics, the furniture, car tires, hardware. Just everything comes from China, it seems like. And the way that Israel is doing genocide against the Palestinians with the blessing of the United States, I have a feeling that that ship is going to sail into the wrong port and people are going to hold the United States accountable for supporting Israel. And I see... South American countries and Central American countries breaking from the United States. And if that starts happening, it's going to be like a dam breaking. Once there is a group that start breaking away, and they say, we don't need your dollar, and they just walk away. And make no mistake, nothing lasts forever. And those that think the United States can buy their way out of this, buy their way out with what? We're a debtor nation. To China. And so China holds all the aces in the relationship with the United States. And that can affect your daily life more than you can possibly imagine. If you're planning on going off grid, guess where a lot of the solar panels are made? Guess where a lot of the components are made? It seems like that if we're going to do some things that we're planning on doing that involve things that happen to be purchased in China or from China, maybe you need to get them. But, then again, if repairs and parts are not available, then you have to rethink the whole thing, maybe possibly from the beginning. The whole world is interconnected. That means that there's nothing that's truly American-made all the way. I was working on a 1995 model Lincoln. And I opened up the door panel, and all of the interior door parts are very clearly marked made in Taiwan. And that was in 1995. And so we might think we're owning an American product or buying an American product. It might be assembled here, but where were the parts made? I know that there are several agricultural tractor companies that are domestic. But if you took off all of the foreign-made parts, there wouldn't be much left but an engine block that's made in the United States. 
the tires, the rims, the starters, the alternators, the hoses, the radiators, the sheet metal, all comes from other countries. Really sad, but true. And it's the same way with the aerospace and the aeronautics and just everything there is to do with airplane building and space exploration. It's all interconnected. And so, if those lines are cut, things are going to be more than chaotic here. It's going to put our economy into a tailspin that we may not ever recover from. At least not recover within a generation or two. Eventually everything will recover, but how long is it going to take? And so I think the problems that we see brewing in Asia are going to really come home to roost. And I have to make this comment here. Shame on San Francisco. Shame on Governor Newsom. Shame on the United States government. Shame on everyone involved. You bring the dictator, the president, or whatever you want to call him, Xi Jinping, from China into San Francisco. And what did you do? You cleaned it up. You cleaned up San Francisco. You cleaned the the mess off the street, you got rid of the homeless people, and you put up dozens of flags, if not hundreds. But all the flags are the communist Chinese flag, not one American flag. And so when the communist dictator came into San Francisco, you cleaned up the city for him. But would you clean up the city for Californians? Would you clean up the city for people who live there? Heck no, you didn't. Shame on you. But I think that we really need to look at everything as far as our preps. We need to even look at our nuts and bolts. And all the daily items that we use that come from China. We better be stocked up. The next region of difficulty I'm going to talk about is our southern border. How many illegals are crossing the border? How many illegals are crossing the border that have ill intent for you and me and every other American? That's a good question, but I would imagine it's quite a few, quite a large percentage. And as we see our towns start to be infiltrated by people that do not love the United States, they don't love our citizens, they don't love our ideals or our way of life, and they come in and try to bring their way of life and their ideals to this country. And so we have parts of the United States, and I should say large parts, that are nothing more than a third world country. Broadcasting from the United States of America, you are listening to The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I invite all of my listeners to go to my social media site, which is on veteranbrigades.com. It's the only social media site that I trust, and you do not have to be a veteran to join. So go to veteranbrigades.com, sign up, and look me up over there, and on that platform, I'm the Living Off-Grid Show. 
and I plan on doing lots of interactive things over there with you, my audience. So please go visit me at veteranbrigades.com. And so we have a lot of issues with third worlders coming. And then on the other side of the equation, you have what illegitimate Joe calls Bidenomics, which are a joke. People are losing the value of their dollar. Inflation and just a poor economy is just killing the economics of a lot of families. And the middle class is all but gone. And so you have the mega rich, and then you have the poor getting poorer every day. Couple that with a lot of third worlders coming in that will compete for jobs. That's just a recipe for disaster, not only for the economy, but for society as a whole. And then you have a bunch of people that are illegal coming across the border, and immediately they get all sorts of benefits and free health care and free food and free housing. And we have American veterans that are sleeping on the street. We have an awful lot of Americans that the government will say, well, you just don't quite fit our program. You're one of those that fell through the cracks. But if you cross the border illegally, you didn't fall through any crack. You're just immediately handed money and possibly more benefits than you possibly could imagine. And how is that going to affect you? Well, our country is going to crumble into nothing. And as it crumbles, of course, that's going to affect you and your family. It's going to affect your property values. It's going to affect your job. It's going to affect your security. And so there's an awful lot of things we have to prepare for as societal collapse. And you might say, well, I live in a small town. Nothing's going to happen here. Well, I hope that you're right. But just a couple of years ago, there was a lady that was selling, I believe, purebred puppies. And it was in Missouri. And somebody showed up to supposedly look at the puppies. But they found out that the woman who was selling the puppies was pregnant. And the people that supposedly came for puppies, decided they wanted a baby. And so they killed the woman and cut her belly open and took her child. That happened. Just several days ago, there was a 16-year-old girl in Gordon, Nebraska. And Gordon, Nebraska is very small. Didn't matter, though, because evil comes in all sizes. But this 16-year-old girl gave birth to a baby and then promptly slit the baby's throat and put the baby in a dog food bag and thought she could get by with it. I'm glad that they have her charged with murder. And You can't say that nothing's going to happen where you're at. Now, I know that neither one of those are what you would consider mass civil unrest, but we're having flash gangs that are now starting to target semi-trucks that are like FedEx trucks and they're taking their cars and they're blocking the trucks in, and then large groups of people are breaking the locks on the truck and emptying the truck out. And you have flash mobs that are hitting stores all over the West Coast. And like in Portland, Oregon, they had to take most of the stores out of downtown because they were losing way too much product because of people coming in and stealing. 
And what's really bad about our modern communication is that it can be used to create a flash mob, but almost as bad as there's copycats. And you can have a small town in the middle of nowhere and have a group of 40 or 50 people that decide, you know, let's go help ourselves to everything in that store. And they'll just be able to do it. Most of the law enforcement agencies are so small, they couldn't do anything about it anyway, even if they were there. And I have to say there must be some orders that have come down through the ranks of most of our law enforcement officers to have them stand down any time that there possibly could be any danger to them. They're just to let it happen and stand down. We watched that during the riots of Antifa and Black Lives Matter. The police just stood and watched buildings burn, watched houses burn, stores burn. And 2020 wasn't all that long ago, and guess what? Next year is an election year again. And so, who knows what's going to happen. And you have just awful atrocities happening from our injustice department. I know a lot of the people that listen know the name Owen Schroyer, and he's with InfoWars, and he did plead guilty to a misdemeanor on the January 6th because he was told that if he pled guilty to a misdemeanor, then it would be over, that it would be over in just a month or two, and then he'd be a free man. And on sentencing, they immediately put him in solitary confinement. Now they have him in an undisclosed location. Nobody knows where he is. Any mail that is being mailed to him is being sent back. So, what kind of country do we live in? Where political prisoners are tortured? Where they're whisked away to parts unknown and hid? That's what's happening. How does that affect you? Well, it affects your First Amendment. It takes it away, and these people don't have the right to take it away because it was given to us by Almighty God. And people like me that speak my mind, yeah, I'm sticking my neck out. I'm well aware of that. But someone has to. Someone has to man up, and I'm doing my best. I love my country as founded. I love our representative republic when it works as it should, but it's been broken for quite some time. And how does that affect you? Well, that affects almost everything about you because it affects the national debt. It affects your taxes. It affects your job. It affects the zoning laws, the school board, everything that is corrupt in this country. You might think you're doing the right thing of sending your child to a public school. And then one day your precious child comes home from school and has been told that you could no longer discipline the child and the child can call up social services and have you arrested. And so your nine-year-old kid doesn't want to clean his room and so you threaten the kid that you're going to punish the kid so the kid calls up, and then all of a sudden you have the government knocking on your door. Things like this are happening, and it's not good. 
And also, I might add that there are children who are being taken that should not be taken. They're taken away from parents, and sometimes it's because the parents are, quote-unquote, too religious. So they take the children away and put them in the system. And when they're in the system, lots of times the children are brutally treated. They could be molested or raped or worse. And that does happen. And so the worst place you can have a child is with state custody. That's my opinion, and I'm going to stick with it. You might say, well, what if their home life is so terrible? Well, if their home life is as bad or worse than the state, well, find another option. It doesn't have to be the state. It could be an aunt or uncle or close friend, a cousin, somebody that cares, somebody that's not going to be abusive. There are very good people out there that are childless that, for one reason or another, can't afford to adopt, that would be very wonderful parents given the chance. But that's a whole other story. But I think you're starting to see where I'm heading this, is that everywhere you look, there's an issue. But everywhere we look, there is a solution if we will look hard enough for it and find it. We have a lot of civil unrest in Africa, and the African countries are definitely starting to line up against the West, especially France. And you might say, well, what in the world does that have to do with me? And why should I prepare for anything that's happening in Africa? Well, you think those thoughts at your own peril. Because, number one, Africa is rich in resources. And all the rare earth material it takes to make the new electric car batteries a lot of the diamond and gold wealth of the world, as well as oil and other natural resources, natural gas. There's an awful lot of wealth in Africa. And the Western countries have colonized Africa and have not been kind to the people who live there, to where we have third world countries that actually have more wealth than the countries that quote-unquote own them because they've given them so much money. And how that affects you is that when BRICS really gets going and it's gaining a full head of steam, guess where these countries are going to align themselves? Are they going to align themselves with the West, which includes France and the United States and other countries that have exploited them? And while we've been doing that, the Chinese have been over there building schools and bridges and doing all sorts of things for the African people. And you have the United States sending their politicians over to Africa saying, oh, China's bad, you shouldn't have Chinese here. And the Africans are finally asking the question, why? They're doing good for us, so why wouldn't we want them here? And how that affects you is that these countries in Africa are going to join BRICS. And for every country that joins BRICS, the West gets that much weaker. Of course, BRICS gets stronger, but that's not where I'm heading this. It's the West getting weaker. And if enough countries join BRICS and they come up with another currency, 
they're going to replace the United States dollar as the world's reserve currency. And you could have $100,000 in the bank, and overnight that spending power of that money might dwindle to almost nothing. And so us bullying the third world countries and trying to force them to see things our way is going to come back and bite us. And everywhere you look, there is something there that can potentially harm you and me, either emotionally, spiritually, or financially, maybe physically. And so we really have to be careful of who we support. And I know I've talked about voting, and I know a lot of people aren't happy with me that I say that voting, I don't think, is even counted. And I'll probably vote this next time, but I won't have any expectations that my votes will even be counted. I think we've already fallen off that cliff, and I'm not going to buy the hype and the, all the different things that we're being told, how wonderful it is that we have a vote and we have a voice. and That's another story in itself, but what I'm getting at is that everywhere you look, there's a potential landmine. And it seems like that our dear leaders in Washington want to step on everyone. And so we have an awful lot to look at. We have an awful lot we have to prepare for. And I'm going to pick up where I left off on the second half. But I want to encourage you to consider donating to this program and to keep it on the air. Because it's your generous donations that keep this show on the air. I take checks, money orders, and cash. You'd write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media. You would mail to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, zip code 69143. I really need to know who's listening and where you're listening from whether it's by shortwave or podcast, or on AM or FM radio. Even if you just pop me an email and say hi, I would appreciate it. And as always, I invite listeners, give me some suggestions of topics that they'd like to hear me cover. I would really appreciate that. Once again, my email address is jim at offgridliving.faith. Please visit the website, and the website is offgridliving.faith. And also, you can find links to even more information. Every one of my shows is uploaded on the website. America, bullied by the Edison Military Band. Replace fear with faith.
replace pessimism with hope. Replace despair with determination. And don't be afraid to rely on God and step out on the sea. If you're tuned to Frequency 7.490, you're listening to WBCQ. If you're on 5850, you're listening to WRMI, Radio Miami International. And if you're listening on 89.3 FM, you're in tune with Key Radio, Osage Beach, Missouri. Welcome to the second half of the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. This is your host, Jim Calhoun. And before I get back onto my topics of today, I had quite a sight today. I was up in the hills, in the sand hills, and I was raking hay. Yes, I'm still harvesting hay, even though it's long past season. I have about 20 more acres to go. I agreed to do one more field. I probably shouldn't have, but I already had my machines up there. And I was asked to do a little more, so I decided I would make this gentleman happy and do his field. This time of year, the weather changes very abruptly, and it went from being almost too warm to wear a coat to having a little cold front go through. And when it hit, the winds were just atrocious. And I had about five hours worth of hay that was raked up in windrows, ready to bale. And it took me a long time to do that. And it took the wind about 30 seconds. Had a big wind shear come through and catch all my wind rows and just scatter them all back out. So I kind of had a wasted day today. But I did get to see something very pretty. I've never had a rainbow form as close to me as what happened today. I looked out and I saw this beautiful rainbow. And I was looking at it in the sky and I decided to track it down to the ground and it was very close to me. I had never looked through the colors of the rainbow with hills behind it and that rainbow was only about maybe a quarter of a mile away from me and about half a mile away was a group of hills and I could see that even the grass was colored with the colors of the rainbow and I'd never seen that before and it was just beautiful. So I had that nice moment after I had my windrows blown to kingdom come, and so I'm staying very busy. It seems like I need to stop because I have so much hay to pick up. It's going to take me quite a while to get everything all done, but I guess I like to stay busy. Well, getting back to the topics at hand, I want to next move to Ukraine. I don't know what's happening in Ukraine. I can't figure it out. And, of course, that's the way they want it. They want the fog of war to be totally engulfing that area to where you can't 
understand anything that's going on, but it seems to me that Zelensky's days are numbered. It seems that his chief of staff is coming to the United States without him to meet with cabinet members, and the CIA director has gone over to Ukraine to give Zelensky a talk, and it seems that the top general or group of generals in Ukraine no longer support Zelensky, and of course Zelensky is putting people in prison that don't support him, and so that's another sign of a dictatorship as political prisoners. I digress and go back to Owen Schroyer. I think he's a political prisoner. And I don't think we should stand for that in this country. But Ukraine has always been, shall we say, suspect or dodgy. And they've always been corrupt. So there's all sorts of things happening in Ukraine. Plus, the Ukrainians are now saying that their great vaunted spring offensive that became the great vaunted summer offensive was never supposed to happen in the first place. It was nothing but a smokescreen. Do you believe that? Well, I don't. I think it's just people that didn't know what they were doing got kind of whipped, kind of had it handed to them, so to speak. I just think they're covering their backside is what I think. And you might wonder, well, how does this affect us? as citizens of the United States, this mess in Ukraine, how does that affect us at all? Well, first of all, all the billions of dollars that should be going to our infrastructure, that should be going to our citizens, and going into our country is just being handed out. And we're handing Ukraine money from China because we're borrowing it from China. And the interest on our debt's now over a trillion dollars, and yet we're handing it to Ukraine to kill Russians. And we have our politicians saying that handing Ukraine money to kill Russians is a great investment. A great investment in what? I think it's a great investment of killing any chance of having normalized relations with Russia, at least within several generations. And you have the world's largest country by a landmass, which has the world's largest supply of natural resources. And again, think rare earth, think oil, think about all of the things that our economy needs that Russia has. And then on top of that, GMO altered crops are not allowed in Russia. And when GMO was finally outlawed, which it will be eventually, after enough time has passed and people see how harmful that it's been, you're going to see the majority of the world not buy grain that's GMO. And when that happens, it won't be profitable to have GMO anymore. So eventually it's going to go away. I know that farmers love it because of the yields, and I know that it makes a better profit and it's easier to handle than a conventional crop, I do understand all of that. But when it boils down to pure economics, Russia is light years ahead of us with agriculture. And then also, who produces the vast amount of fertilizer in the world? It's Russia. And you have growing economies like the Chinese economy, even though I think they're in a bit of trouble, they still have an awful lot of people, and they have a large economy. 
And then you look at the agricultural regions of the Middle East and also Eastern Europe, the countries like Belarus that are friendly to Russia. And then you look at all of Africa, which is a very rich continent that is friendly to Russia. So world competition is going to be really hard for us to compete with, especially if the U.S. dollar is dethroned as the reserve currency. And so everything that we're doing in Ukraine is counterproductive. It's not helping Ukraine whatsoever. It's just getting a lot of Ukrainians killed. That's all it's accomplishing. And in the long run, the United States government's going to pay for every dollar they spent throwing it down the rat hole in Ukraine is going to be held against the United States in all future deals with any country that's in BRICS. And don't be surprised if the BRICS nations don't sanction the United States and isolate the United States. And if that happens, and we're full of third-worlders who have crashed our border, we could have a real problem down the road. It might be a year from now, it might be 20 years from now, but I think that those chickens are going to come home to roost. And how do you prepare for that? I really don't know. I think our government is doing so many things that are corrupt and so many things that are counterproductive that I don't think that you could possibly prepare for the evil and the corruption that our government's capable of. I guess my only suggestion would be to live your life as best you can and keep your finances in order. Make sure that you don't spend more than you make. Make sure that you put some money back. And you should always have a plan for purchasing things if our dollar starts to really falter to where you can put the spending power that you currently have with the money, even though it's not as strong as it used to be, it's better to go ahead and stock up on things that are things you can barter with. Like with me, I needed a tractor with a loader on it, and I've been looking for quite some time, and I finally found the perfect tractor for me. I'm very happy with it, and I went ahead and bought it. I really didn't have the money, but I went ahead and bought it anyway and kind of had to scrape things together to pay for it. But I know that if our dollar goes down, that same tractor would cost double or triple of what I paid for it. I already got into it less than what it was worth anyway, so I got a good deal. But I think that we need to really take stock of what we need in the future, and maybe we should purchase it now while our money has some value to it. Because the decisions that our State Department is making and that our illegitimate government in Washington is making are just atrocious. Now I'm going to talk about the troubles in Israel. Everywhere you look, it's trouble. It seems the Israelis are just atrocious because they're going into hospitals and strong-arming people and killing people. And now they've stormed a hospital claiming there were tunnels. And then after they didn't find any tunnels, they are holding the staff of the hospital and accusing them of covering the tunnels up with concrete and tile while at the same time releasing pictures of what they claim are terrorist tunnels which are actually elevator shafts and 
in places for maintenance crews to take care of elevators. And so Israel's lying about what they're finding. Now I got to ask you a question. Do we live in the age of technology or do we not? They're accusing this hospital of covering up holes of tunnels with concrete and with tile. Well, first of all, anybody can spot a brand new patch job. Doesn't take a rocket science to find something that was recently put in and you simply knock it down. But I'm talking technology. I do believe that we have the ability from outer space to find underground tunnels. I do know that we can use underground radar to find tunnels, and there are ways for people to find all sorts of things underground. If there are people down in tunnels, they should be able to use an infrared of some sort or something that will show heat. And so the outline of the body should be shown because of the heat. We have ways we can look through walls. We have all sorts of technology. And you know that Israel has that technology. And so instead of accusing the doctors and the rest of the staff of covering up a hole, why not just use technology to find the hole? Find that opening that they claim was closed. be very easy. But I don't think they're ever going to bring in that technology because I don't think those tunnels exist not where the Israelis say they exist. I think that they are wanting to kill all the Palestinians to take that land and develop it for the coming doubling of the Suez Canal. I think there's an awful lot behind the scenes that if you just start thinking about it, things would add up. People that believe Israel is in the right by killing innocent people and making all sorts of claims that, well, these people were terrorists, or they were helping terrorists, they were having tunnels in their house, or tunnels in their school, or tunnels in their hospital, when it would be easy to use technology to find the tunnels. And we have the technology to gas those tunnels out. And if they find a tunnel, they can simply just gas the people. They don't have to kill them, but they could sure render them unconscious. And so there's all sorts of ways that this could be handled that it's not. Because I think that there's people hungry for blood. I really think that there's a lot of blood on the hands of everyone involved. But what Hamas did was atrocious. But what Israel is doing that is state-sponsored is beyond, just beyond atrocious. And there are people that say, well, they have to get even with Hamas. Well, does that mean that we're going to get even with the Mexican cartels? All of the bloodshed that's going on along the border, does that mean that we're going to bomb Mexico because of the cartels? Well, of course not. Well, following Israel's logic, that's what we would do. So it needs to stop. And how does that affect you? Well, one way it affects you is this undying devotion that it seems that politicians have to helping Israel. And I have to point out, a lot of people that are in our government are dual citizens of Israel and the United States. A lot of the people that we count on to make the right decisions 
are actually citizens of Israel, as well as the United States. And that's not only elected officials, that's also bureaucrats all the way through our government. And so am I saying our government is corrupt and infiltrated? Well, I guess so. I guess that's what I'm saying. But all of these decisions that are being made by our government are going to hurt our economy, which is going to filter down and hurt you and me. And again, how do you prepare for that? Again, I don't know. Except we have to understand what's going on, and we need to come against it in prayer or come against it politically, however we can come against it peacefully. We need to. I've used this analogy before, it's where little brother goes and picks a fight with somebody in front of big brother, knowing that big brother is going to step in and save the day. And Israel is doing that to the United States. They wait for the United States to put all their carrier groups in and all their troops and bring in the airplanes and the submarines and everything that they have brought into the Middle East. And then Israel starts puffing up and starts doing all sorts of evil things. And the amount of ships that are in the Mediterranean right now as far as warships is unprecedented. And so there's an awful lot of things that can happen. And another way it can affect us is that the military is not meeting their quotas as far as enlistment. And they're about to start a very horrible war, which would mean the draft. So if you have children of draft age, well, I'm going to give you something else to worry about, I guess, but I truly see the draft coming back very soon. All it would take is an executive order from illegitimate Joe. And believe me, he would do it. And so we have to look out for that as well. But the remainder of the show, I want to talk about possible solutions that we can have. I stress being self-sufficient. And everything I've mentioned could lead to breakdown of our whole society, breakdown of our banking system, breakdown of our emergency system, like our 911 and our search and rescue and our first responders. The amount of illegals coming through could break our hospital system and our health care system. And if enough nations decide to kick out the dollar as the world reserve currency, well, that can break our economy. So I think the ultimate way that you can prepare is to be self-sufficient. And while and when I say self-sufficient, I'm meaning everything. Heating your house, securing your food, cooling your house, gardening, raising animals or chickens if you can, having things to barter with, having things of value. I hate to say this, but getting your money out of the bank I know that if enough people pull the money out of the bank, well, that's going to cause a banking crisis. But I really see a banking crisis coming. So protect your money. If you don't pull that out of the bank, well, you might want to check the FDIC rules of how much your money is insured for. And you might have to break your money up and put it in several banks to be fully protected. But I guess what I'm trying to say is we have to be proactive. 
and not reactive. Because when things do hit the fan, they're going to hit it. Things are going to come apart so fast and so furious and so absolutely final that if you're not prepared, you're just going to get run over. So in every aspect of your life, you need to give a thought to being totally self-sufficient. And you need to ask yourself, can I be proactive here? What can I do to be proactive? What can I do to better my position? And so you can break it into categories. Financial, mental, spiritual, physical, all the categories that you can think of. And then ask yourself, how can I be more self-sufficient? How can I be more productive? How can I be more insulated from the world? And the Bible says to come out of the world and not to be of the world. And I really do think that that's wonderful advice in any time period, but I think it's extra fitting now that you unplug from the world as much as you can. Now, I'm not saying unplug from helping friends and family and trying to help your community. I'm just saying unplug from the world systems. I would call it the beast system. Unplug from it as much as you can. And the Canadian prepper is correct when he says that one of the major aspects of prepping is being gray. In other words, try not to be noticed. Don't stick out. I'm not saying be a shadowy person, but I'm saying you have to live in the shadows. And he went as far to suggest as, he went so far as to say if you're being asked questions like some sort of a poll, to give the wrong answer. Cover your tracks all the time on everything. And I do agree with him. I know I've been living fairly gray for a long time. I don't use any social media but Veterans Brigade. And that's very small. I do know Facebook or Instagram or any of these other big social networks. I don't have a YouTube channel. I don't do Facebook. I don't have a landline in my phone, so I'm not in the phone book. So there's lots of things that I've done for years to stay fairly in the background, to stay fairly gray. But both of my professions, which would be as a talk show host and also an entertainer, well, that kind of puts you front and center, but my personal life, I like to keep it very personal. And so I think that's another good way we can prepare. Just to summarize the whole show, I just see a lot of trouble everywhere I look. I'm not worried about it because, first of all, the blood of Jesus is more powerful than any of the things I've talked about. And so I'm at peace. Do I like what I see? No. Do I want to experience what I'm seeing? No. But am I worried? No. I refuse to live in fear, but I will live in a state of preparedness. And if I do anything on these shows, I hope I encourage you to stand up for yourself and not be a doormat for anyone and to not rely on things that could possibly be taken away from you such as the first responders or our economy. I think we have an awful lot of things happening that 
we have no control over. And so the things that we can gain control over, we need to keep that control and exercise it. And we have to do things wisely. And that's another thing you could be thinking about is what do you have in your life that you can control and are controlling now? How can you control it better? Then you could look at that list of things that you do not control and say, which things off this list can I put into the other category to where I control it? I think that's very important too. And again, I'm going to say if you're planning on going solar and you're planning on buying some of the Chinese products, you better really put that on a fast track. Because all it's going to take is just one hiccup in Asia. And then all those doors are going to be shut to you. Now, I'm not endorsing Chinese products, and I'm not telling you to buy them. But there are people that have decided that's what they want to buy. And so those people who have already decided you're going to buy Chinese-made products, well, you better get them while the getting's good. And to those who do not want to buy Chinese products, and I'm one of you, you better get your supplies you need, and you better be very secure in where you're buying your supplies. Now, we may not be on borrowed time. Things might work themselves out, and this might all blow over and be a big nothing. But I wouldn't bet on it if I was going to speculate, are we going to have a big war or aren't we? I would definitely say we are, if I had the choice. Now, I would choose that I don't want a war if I had to choose whether I wanted one or not. Of course I don't. But that doesn't mean that one isn't coming. Well, I hope the right ears heard the show today, and I hope you got something from it. I would ask that you consider donating to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show, because it's your donations that allow me to bring the show to you on a weekly basis. I take checks, money orders, and cash. You'd write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media. You would mail to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, zip code 69143 again thanks for listening and until next time everyone stay alert stay caught up and informed of what's happening stay well and never ever forget replace fear with faith this is Jim Calhoun with the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show The song Step Out on the Sea is performed by Brit Small and Festival. Thank you for listening to Thunderbolt West Media.